0: We're back. This is the Detroiter covering sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. I'm your host, Nick Bradley, presented by The Second String, thesecondstring.com. Dun-dun-dun-dun, dun-dun-dun-dun, dun Episode two, Hard Knocks, and we had a preseason game. How about that? This is going to be the one episode this week, so it's just going to be straight-up Lions. Maybe a little bit of Men in Black talk at the end. I had the pleasure of watching that again at the beginning of this week. I've always known what Men in Black is. i familiar, new as Will Smith, Aliens, the mem- the Neuralizer, uh, the memory thing. Don't know if I've like ever seen it, though. Don't know if I've fully watched Men in Black and if I have. Didn't really remember it. Fucking great movie, dude. No wonder Men in Black is such a hit. No wonder it sustained pop culture all these years. I don't know if that was Will Smith's start. I know Pr- Fresh Prince was like his OG, OG start. I don't know if that was his first big movie or what, but, like, kind of a great movie. Pretty funny. The action is good. The aliens are, like, fucking violent. I I don't know if it was rated R or PG-13. The aliens do not care that you're a living organism. They're so much smarter than us. The aliens were killing humans by posing questions in which the humans didn't even realize they were giving the alien permission to kill them. So it was like, oh, these terrible aliens—they're killing all the humans. The humans are so dumb. They were answering questions in a way that was like, actually, yes, they're technically alien giving you permission. The alien goes, "I need your body," and he's like, "You're gonna have to take it, or whatever, or you're gonna have to pry it from my cold, lifeless fingers." And he's like, "I accept, f- dead, just dead, like that." They, oh, oh, oh! I just had to pry it. You'd rather have me pry it from your cold, dead fingers? All right. No pro- deal. You got yourself a deal. I'll kill you in 0.2 seconds quicker than it took you to say that sentence. Pretty good movie. Violent, violent deaths from the aliens. A lot of the aliens, pretty like pretty gross. The final form alien that's crawling up the tower, that like lizard scorpion hybrid creepy would not want to run into that after the sun goes down. Right. Some comedic relief. There's the four. <laughs> There's the four aliens in the uh, men in black headquarters that are just hanging out, like in the break room, smoking, smoking cigarettes. (laughs) And then when the, when the bug gets loose and everybody's evacuating earth, those aliens are like walking through the airport and the, you know, the lead guy gives them shit. He's like, oh, you guys are leaving like cowards. And they just start laughing, still chief and drinking beers. Thought those aliens were very funny. A lot of funny parts in general. Tommy Lee Jones at the morgue and he's like, oh, sorry, ma'am. If you just take it and he flashes her twice in like 20 seconds, that was funny. Men in Black, great movie, like very good alien movie. And above all else, if aliens are here, I'm a big alien guy. Somewhere there's aliens. I don't know. Somewhere there's other life forms. Somewhere there's things that are smarter than us for sure. And they might still be here. We obviously like every few months somebody sees a UFO and it's like, oh, no, That's actually the light from the ocean refracting off Venus back through the sun and then bouncing off the moon. That's why it looks like a UFO. I don't fucking know. Obviously, nobody actually knows. But if aliens were here, that's probably the smartest way of doing it. Like they said, just disguising yourselves as normal people and trying to be a good alien. Like, I guess, you know, in our minds, we're viewing every alien as the bug who comes here and is like, we're... The humans are just an obsolete creature. Let's just get rid of them and take over. That's probably where the first place we go. If I think aliens, I'm like, oh, fuck, we're conquered. That's the first place we go. But not necessarily. Who knows? Who's to say that aliens would get here and be like, let's destroy them. They're inferior. Who knows? Maybe they're like, oh, Earth, we'll leave you in peace. Maybe aliens are so much farther advanced than us. Or whoever found us is so much farther advanced that they're like, okay. Let's just not even bother with this minuscule, these, these subordinates, these rocks. These people are so, they think they're so smart. This race of life form thinks they're so smart and they're actually so dumb. One guy named Don Trump has a Twitter and nobody can think anymore. What if the aliens see that and they're like, oh, what, what are we, we going to conquer? Fucking morons? <laughs> what we, what's the point in wasting our time on earth? There's nothing there for us. They're never going to do anything us. What are they gonna pose a threat? These people still burn cold to make lights turn on. And they're supposed to threaten aliens? They're supposed to people who threaten people who can travel through space? Oh, come on, just leave them. They only have X amount of fresh water. They'll die off soon enough. Just let them be. They don't know if they need to populate their planet more or less. They can't fight. Like they're idiots. Let them be. They're being slowly taken over by the digital world and computers anyway. Like, we don't need to worry about them. What if that's the way aliens look at us? Like, hey, if you want to go hang out on Earth, don't make a big fuss. Just do your thing. Disguise as a human. Get in and out. You want to go shopping in New York? Fine. You want to go, I don't know, have a couple hot dogs on the streets of Chicago? Fine. Just put on the disguise. Don't cause too much trouble. Don't draw a ton of attention. Have your hot dogs. Wear your clothes. Go to Wall Street. Whatever the fuck it is. You want to do on earth and then bounce. Ho hum. Don't scare these people. You don't need to draw up a fuss. We don't need to let their government know that we're here. Like just go act like a human. I mean, that's easy. All you got to do is make noises and you're smarter than half of them already. Go act like a human, pull on somebody's skin, have yourself a couple days, go check out the Amalfi coast. Maybe if you like beautiful things and then you can go back to your planet. That's 50 light years away. That's all you got to do good movie. I appreciate, I appreciate the fact that it, whoever created it, I don't remember who the director was or whoever's idea it is. I appreciate the fact that when they made men in black, the guy was like, if aliens really were here, how would they do this? I think that's probably the number one way. Cause in no way, all these UFOs over the years that people have quote unquote seen, who knows? And like I said, I do believe aliens are out there. How have all these things we've seen as long as humans have been around, if aliens knew we were here, if those UFOs actually are UFOs, they're vehicles of extraterrestrial life, whether they're spying on us or or transporting people here, we've never seen one alien. Like I know the Bigfoot, oh, the Loch Ness Monster, whatever the fuck is at the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Okay, fair enough. All of those things could be aliens. Who knows? But you're telling me, though, all these sightings we've had, like we haven't seen one alien. We haven't seen one. Zuckerberg doesn't count. We haven't seen one. It kind of makes sense if you were an alien and I want to go visit Earth. Earth just to get away like they said. It's like Casablanca. OK, I don't want to dress as a nine foot green looking spider that actually has 16 legs and has knives at the end of my feet. I don't want to dress like that. I'll freak people out. I'll have tanks and bombs dropped on me. Instead, why don't I dress like this five-four-eight 5'8 account, five accountant who hates his life, who dreads the fact that he has to take his daughter to soccer practice, and I'll just go be that guy. And then when the lights are out and nobody's around, I can go nine foot with the knives at the end and go have a little bit of fun on Earth. That seems like how I would do it. If I was the leader of an alien nation and we discovered Earth, and it was like, let's go in there. Let's do whatever we want to do, but not cause any trouble. All right, let's just look like that. Let's just pretend we're one of them. That's all everybody's doing anyway, just pretending. Oh, no, I actually, yeah, I'm fitting in. Let me fit in. Let me fit in. Pretending to be funny. I'm pretending to know sports. Aliens are way smarter than me. You don't think they'll figure out it's all it takes to just pretend a little bit? Just the thought. Just the thought. Men in Black, though. Great movie. Like, I, I want to watch. I don't know if there's three or four. I know there's at least two. I want to watch the next one, though. That got me fired up. Those guns, too, are they the most futuristic things. But bah, when he's got the little uh, the little water gun that has an insane recoil, it's just a good movie. More funny parts than I thought there would be. Alien, scarier, and more violent than I thought they would be. The whole like story behind the alien kind of makes sense. Like I get it. Disguised as a human. Although, I didn't totally understand. How come most of the humans, even though they're all kind of weirdos, How come most of the humans are still normal? Like they look like people you see in Venice beach. Just, Oh, he just did crack this morning. That's his breakfast. Why are most of the aliens like that? But then the bug alien, this guy's got like an elbow coming out of his cheek. You know what I'm saying? I don't understand why the bug was so deformed. Is it because it was a bug? How does any bug ever survive then? If you look like someone hit your face with a fucking hammer, but you're still walking around, you know, didn't totally get that. Um, But outside of that, I really liked it. Everything was strong. The story was good. I was kind of on my toes. I loved Will Smith. Tommy Lee Jones, I thought was funny. Kind of a shame. Didn't remember that at the end, he goes, I was training a replacement and he's apparently quitting. That kind of sucks. I would like to see him in the second one. Thought he had a really nice dynamic with Will Smith. Um, I'd like to get some of those souvenir guns and just put them on the wall here. I don't have anything on my walls. I have a green screen and that's it. I wouldn't hate one of those blasters. Yeah, this is actually the gun they used to take out the bug in men in black. You remember that movie? It's actually really funny. You want to watch it. I just bought the whole entire collection on cassette and DVD. Enjoyed it men in black. Good movie. If you haven't seen it in a while, if you're like my generation, because I think it was early two thousands when it came out, maybe late nineties, early two thousands, probably, um, know what men in black is. Obviously, I've heard of it when they wear the suits and they got the glasses. I'm like, oh, it's the fucking guys from Men in Black. The Neuralizer. Oh, it's the thing from Men in Black. I understand. Didn't really remember seeing it, though. It was like one of those movies where it came out so long ago. And if when I ever watched it was so long ago, I pretty much never had watched it. It's just so prevalent in pop culture. I was like. Yeah, I think I know. I I know Men in Black, like the one with the aliens and Will Smith. (laughs) Fucking great movie. Anytime anyone asks you at the bar, and they're like, "Oh, what's your favorite part?" and I'm like, "Oh, probably um, when they do the thing and they erase the memory. That's so kind of sad and funny. Funny, yeah, no, it's funny, but sad too. Yeah, I agree. Um, And then they, the alien, they get the one, they get the alien. Um, Did I like his disguise? That's kind of how I was. What do you mean? Like his alien disguise? Oh, oh, they dress as, you're right. They dress as humans. That's kind of how I always was with men in black. Very fun time. Very fun time. Highly recommend them. Uh, Maybe before, I think the Lions play again Friday, maybe, or Saturday, I can't remember. Maybe before the game this weekend is a little pregame. If you got two hours, fire up the men in black, get you jacked up a little bit to watch the Lions go 0-2 in the preseason. Not a bad way to have the weekend go. Um, all right. Quick break. I'm going to drink a little bit of water. Kind of thirsty. Had two bagels today. I feel like the salt. I had a works bagel where it's just garlic and onion and salt and more garlic and onion and salt. And it's yet when I have one of those in the morning, dude, I, I'm thirsty the entire day. I don't know what it is. I, I assume it's just like an overload of salt the entire fucking day. I just am thirsty. It's it's absurd. And then I start talking and it goes into overdrive. So let me get some water. We'll come back. We'll talk about – we'll probably talk hard knocks and then we'll talk the Falcons game. I watched the first quarter of the Falcons game when the starters were in both offense and defense. And then I went to the gym because I was like, "Oh, that's the lines, but also Tim Boyle. I don't fucking care. Uh, I went to the gym after that and I caught like the last half of the fourth quarter – while I was at the gym running the Stairmaster, 100 floors in 20 minutes. Really not a big deal. It's pretty, I mean, whatever. If you want to pat me on the back, I'll take it. So didn't watch the game through. Saw the beginning, saw the end, know what happened. Watch the hard knocks. They give you a nice little synopsis. <laughs> that, that, how that game went. Spoiler alert. You're probably pretty used to how it goes. It's a familiar tale, they tell on this week's episode. So we'll be right back um, with all of that. First things first. Let's start with the episode. Um, Loved it again. Loved it again. I'm so fucking biased though. Like it's ridiculous. I'm so biased. I'm going to love every episode. The episode could be 60 minutes staring at a wall in the facility and I'd be like, well, that's cool. How'd they get that brick to look like that? You know, uh, what paint, what shade of white and, and blue are they using on that paint job? wall looks incredible i'll be i'll be in on anything they do i'm so biased it's ridiculous so i don't even know me saying oh a great episode that doesn't mean anything that said great episode first things first the little intro i could have used more to be honest where they do the whole history of detroit thing detroit gave america its mobility And then the guys fishing down in the Detroit river singing Detroit is where I'm from. My neighbors are friendly people. That whole sequence, they're showing the Ford line back in the day, just various shots of the skyline from whenever the eighties, the nineties, I don't know when some of those were taken. Um, fucking awesome. Fucking awesome, dude. They had a lot of the sequences too, where they pan through the murals that you can find in Detroit today thoroughly enjoyed that. They had the little section where all the guys are like, what does Detroit mean to you? And they're like, Detroit is love. I love Detroit. It's a special place, man. I, fu- I fucking, yeah, of course. Look at me. Where What am I doing right now? I'm doing a podcast. It's called The Detroiter. You don't think I like that stuff, dude? I went to bed like, Detroit is love. Yeah, it is. Detroit special. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Detroit's got history. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I love Detroit. Me too. Of course I'm eating that up. I could have gone for like 30 more minutes of it. I appreciate them throwing some of it in because I understand if you're the national audience, if you're not from Detroit, you probably don't care too much about the love letter Detroit. Like it's probably cool seeing those videos from the sixties on the Ford assembly line. Like It's probably cool seeing the murals like, hey, Stevie Wonder, that's kind of cool. It's probably kind of cool seeing the skyline, what it looked like back in the day. Like, okay, I get it. If you're from fucking Tampa Bay, Florida, it's probably kind of fun seeing that stuff. But after three, four, five minutes, you're probably like, all right, so let's do the football thing. I don't fucking care that much about Detroit. Otherwise, I wouldn't live in Tampa. So I get it, but as someone from Detroit as a Detroit Lions fan, as I'm sure every single person out there from the state of Michigan felt as well, like I could have done another 20 or 30, dude. I wouldn't have hated a little history lesson on Detroit and the Detroit Lions. They give Barry Sanders a little love, the greatest highlight tape of all time. If you don't think – I don't care who your favorite player is. I don't care where you're from. If you don't think Barry Sanders has the best highlight tape – of all time, you're out of your mind, bruh. You need a lobotomy, bruv. Barry Sanders legitimately, I swear to God, breaks the laws of physics in like half of the runs on a YouTube clip, you'll find it. I swear to God, his knees are made of spaghetti bamboo. They just bend back and forth and guys are tripping over themselves. Dudes are facing the wrong direction. One guy's looking at his wife in the stands, like, please help. I got it, I can't tackle Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders highlights, it they seem like a fake thing. Like people say, he's like a video game character out there. I'll give you a 10 fucking grand if anybody in the world can put together 10 runs on NCAA, 13, 14, 15, 16, any Madden NFL hits. Whatever you want, dude. If anybody can put together 10 runs that rival Barry Sanders' real-life runs, you can't. This guy was actually better than a video game. Actually better than a video game. He's fucking absurd. Dude, whatever his knees and hips are made out of, I can't believe the FBI or the CIA didn't force him to retire so they could just investigate what his shit is made out of. Hey, Barry, you had nine seasons in Detroit. Look, they're not doing you any favors. You play for the Lions. We believe there's the 168th element on the periodic table, the key to nuclear fusion. We think we can find a little bit of it in your knees. You mind if we split you open? And by the way, we're not asking. I wouldn't be surprised if that's why Barry Sanders retired. The Barry Sanders retirement files are just one notch above the Kennedy assassination files. That shit's never getting out. I wouldn't be surprised. The guy's absurd. So I I appreciated the homage to Detroit, Um, the city stuff, asking the players to talk about him. That was cool. Showing Barry Sanders, showing the team from the 50s that won. Fucking weird when they Lee F. Schreiber goes, the Detroit Lions dynasty of the 1950s. I was like, what, dude? You play Madden? What dynasty in the Lions? What are you fucking talking? Is this a new video game? I don't know. What the hell are you like? Liverpool? Are they the Lions? Chelsea? Is that who you're thinking of? What are we talking about? It was wild to hear someone say that, so I appreciated it. As far as the episode... I hope they keep touching in on Hutch. Obviously we got a little Hutch. We got the Billy Jean in the first episode, more the second episode more about I don't know, just like seeing him work, more about the coaches raving about him. Listen, Hutch feels like a dog. And I know that's super obvious to say. Oh no shit, dude. He was the second round pick. I hope he's a dog. Okay, yes. You got you got me. Uh yes, I agree, but it still feels good to see it. Jamarcus Russell happened, right? All the A lot of guys. Darko happened in the city. Different sport, but same idea. That shit happens more often than you'd think. Jeff Okuda, hate to say it, but he's kind of happening before our eyes. Not in the good way. Hutchinson seems like he's a guy that's going to be successful. Barring any major injuries, barring, God forbid, something out of his control. He seems like he's going to be a dog, dude. He seems like a guy who, A, doesn't really give a fuck about Anything except for football? Hey, Hutch, we're having a party. No. Is there going to be a bench press there? No, but there's a bunch of girls. Yeah, pass. Hey, Hutch, we're going to go up north for the weekend. You want to come? You're building a gym up north? No, we're going to just hang on the leg. Oh, I'm good. Thanks, though. He seems like a guy who doesn't give a fuck about anything outside of lifting weights, eating fucking fresh-caught salmon, and hitting people on a football field. I love every second of it. The coaches can't stop raving about him, which is always a good sign. Not again, not that they'd be in there like such and some kid. We might've fucked up. (laughs) Not that that's going to happen, but it feels good to see like, Hey, this dude that we like need to be good, like need him to be good. Even this year, I've long said outside of the obvious, like Jared Goff playing really well. I think the number one thing this season hinges on is how good is Hutchinson going to be right away? Played one drive against the Falcons, had a tackle for a loss and drew a holding call. That'll do that'll fucking do. That's a great drive. Yeah. They got scored on Hutchinson did his job. Like he can't do everything, bro. He's not playing cornerback. Can't make every tackle in the backfield, right? It's not possible as much as we'd like it to be. If he can do that, If he can perform the way he did against the Falcons starters on a regular basis, like if that's the guy he's going to be, the Detroit Lions are going to be much, much, much better this year than people expect. Like the way the Lions reach whatever their ceiling is and perhaps blow through what people have given them as a ceiling is if Jared Goff plays well. And number two, the very next thing is if Aiden Hutchinson comes in right away and can be a force on the defensive line. I've said it a million fucking times on here. Outside of the QB, nobody impacts a football game like a pass rusher. Aiden Hutchinson can come in straight away and be that guy. The Lions' outlook changes completely. You don't need to shore up the entire secondary when you got a guy who's going to pull in 13 sacks coming off the left end. You don't need to figure out the entire linebacking core when Aiden Hutchinson's just going to swim a guy and take the running back down for a three-yard loss every, you know, once a quarter, twice a quarter. You don't need to do all the uh, that other shit when you have an absolutely dominant player in a key position. Great players... They can hide holes, right? They make everybody around them better. When Aiden Hutchinson gets doubled, Michael Brockers is going to have more success because guess what? You can only put one on him now. It's just the way it goes. So if Aiden Hutchinson can keep on keeping on, like Dan Campbell said, just a little bit at a time, you don't need to go exponential. You don't need to go zero to 100. Just go to zero to one. Then go one to two and two to three and three to four then four to five and so on and so forth. If Aiden Hutchinson can do that, and it seems like he is off to a very good start, this team's going to be so much better. They're going to be so much better. They're going to sell infinity Aiden Hutchinson jerseys. He might be, dude, Stafford, I think, maybe Megatron, Barry Sanders as well, in my lifetime. In my lifetime. Didn't get to watch Barry Sanders, regrettably. In my lifetime, Megatron, Stafford, two most popular Famous, I guess, if the right is the right term, lions of my life. Stafford, I'm sure, has sold more jerseys being the quarterback. If Aiden Hutchinson can come in right away, and even you know, if he has the 10, 12 year career, absolutely. But even this rookie, if he comes in in like week three, week four, he's already got a handful of sacks, and he's already a noticeable game changer every single game. He's going to be one of the most, or uh, one of the biggest favorite. That, what am I saying? What kind of phrasing is that? He's going to be one of the most liked, one of the most favorited. I was trying to use the word favorite. How do you even phrase that there? One of the most favorited lions? That sounds wrong, dude. It's not a Twitter favorite, right? It's not social. One of the most well liked, appreciated. What the fuck ever, dude? You get the point. Lions that we've seen, certainly since Stafford and Megatron. Hometown kid goes to Michigan, wins the Big Ten, second overall, and then he comes in and dominates in Detroit and they start winning games. Bro, that's – like he – that sets his career up for a chance to be like like a Hall of Famer. And I'm not saying the NFL Hall of Fame. I'm saying like the Detroit Athlete Hall of Fame. Like one of those guys were in 60 years. People go, well, don't forget about Hutchinson, Iserman, Howe fucking Ty Cobb Al Kaline, line uh, Isaiah Thomas Chauncey Bill up don't forget about Aiden Hutchinson Barry said don't forget about Aiden Hutchinson like he's has the potential he has the storyline set up to be one of those guys and he has the skill to be one of those guys and apparently the one question that every NFL player has does he have the motor Kyler Murray has incentives in his in his uh contract to watch film. That's not a guy I'm going, yeah, he'll be an Arizona legend 100 years from now. You got to pay him extra to watch film when that's his literal job and he gets paid like $35 million a year. Uh, It's probably, you know, he's probably not getting his jersey retired anywhere. Aiden Hutchinson seems like a guy who felt you're going to pay me for. I'll pay you, dude. Let me buy the fucking video camera off you. Let me buy the projector from you. You want to pay me to watch film? I'll pay you. I'll pay you to watch him. I'll pay you for the electric bill, however much it is, when I'm here eight hours after practice still running through tape. That's who Aiden Hutchinson seems like, and it is beautiful to watch. Hopefully they stick with him. Feels like an easy storyline for them to go with, right? They've already done it now for two episodes. Feels easy enough to just do it for the next three. I mean, he's the second-round pick, like we've already said. He's got the story. He's a freak. Makes sense. So I'm excited to see what else he's got in store. Um, Dan Campbell, just being Dan Campbell. Hey, man, win the game in the four-minute draw Two minutes, man. I'm telling you, man. Hey, I'm doing this, man, because I love you guys, man. You know what I'm saying, man? Let's go have a day, man. Dan Campbell just being Dan Campbell. Saying man a million times. Talking about eating body parts, people missing limbs, wild animals, God knows what. Just saying random shit as Dan Campbell does. He's being him. Getting the boys going. Still feels good to see Dan Campbell on camera, even though I feel like people to some extent by episode five, the haters will come out and be like, why does everyone like Dan Campbell so much? All he does is say, man, like all he does is this. What's the appeal? I get it. And he, he, you know, he's a little redundant. That's just Dan Campbell. He's a football guy. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't need to talk about make jokes or talk about politics. He just says, go hit somebody, man. That's all he cares about because I love you guys, man. Tired of losing. Time we change things around here, man. Jonah, how many guys you win at? How many games you win at Ohio State, man? Like, that's Dan Campbell. Yeah, maybe it'll get a re- little redundant. That's just who he is, bro. His brain is a monkey with symbols, except in between the symbols is just a football. That's all it is. Still love watching him. Aaron Glenn, just the taste. He gave the speech. He asked Jonah Jackson how many games he won at Ohio State. Fun to watch as usual. I really like Aaron Glenn. Um, I'm excited to see what the defense is like because. Wasn't great against Atlanta. The starters were in for one drive, got scored on like kind of easily. Not great. The only person on the defense that made any plays in that first drive was the rookie Aiden Hutchinson. That's not great. Um, but I'm excited to see what Aaron Glenn's got. I like him. I like the first episode when they did the him and Deuce Staley stuff. Not as much from AG. I'm just fired up to see what the defense is all about because I think that is the one question. The offense in that first drive hummed, scored no problem. We know they got players at every single position across the board offensively. Defense, you added a couple things. You brought in Hutch. Malcolm Rodriguez apparently is that guy. He should help shore up the linebacking position. You go and get Deshaun Elliott from Baltimore. You do a few things, Okuda's back. Okay, you guys fucking sucked last year. You need to turn it around. I want to know if Aaron Glenn has what it takes. He's being thrown around for head coaching interviews. Like We thought we might lose him, and it was kind of going – that's surprising because our defense was fucking atrocious last year. But okay, What That must be a good thing if other teams want him. So I'm excited to see Aaron Glenn in the year two. See what he's got up his sleeve because he's a culture guy as well. He says the right things. He gives off the good, bo- okay, the the, the 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 good vibe. Like fuck losing. Tired of that shit. How many games you win, Brockers at Florida State? Thirteen. Jonah Jackson, you won eleven. Like, how'd it feel? Oh, you knew you were going to win. You knew you were going to win. How about we get there? Fuck this. Fuck whatever the Lions have been. How about we get there? When you play the Lions, you're taking an L. We don't even need to show up. I love that attitude. And I like how Aaron Glenn, even though he was yapping a deuce and stuff, he seems like more of a just go do it type guy. Doesn't need to talk a whole lot. Dan Campbell, he likes to make the jokes. He likes to talk about hyenas and be funny and say the word grit. Aaron Glenn strikes me as more of a, yeah, he'll talk if you want him to. Here and there, he's got some things to say, but for the most part, I'm just going to be quiet and go do it and show you, which I fucking love. Brings me to Deuce Staley. This guy's going to be a head coach, right? Like, I don't know. I don't know how finding head coaches works in the league. Seems like it's quite a bit of politics. Oh, you worked for this guy. You were here in this city. I know you this way. All right, we'll bring you in. Deuce Staley seems like a guy that's going to be a head coach. I mean, he's a savage, bro. He's a fucking savage. And his attitude, same shit. He wants to be, he doesn't even want to be great. He won't accept anything other than being great. He's not interested in very good. He's not interested in pretty good. He's not interested in 11 wins. He's interested in the necessary number of wins. He's interested in being the best. He's interested in beating your ass every time you play. Doesn't matter who your ass is. He wants to beat it. That's all he cares about. And in his mind, he's going to beat it. I love the attitude that he exudes. Because, dude, because, bro, you see this shit in the fan base, which I think it's part of why when I started doing this, I was like, I don't know. I mean, I I, genuine, I am just how I feel. Like, I'm not like, oh, today let me behave like this. I just am how I feel. I, it's, you know, what you see is what you get. But what I think why I was compelled to start doing this is, Fans can get so negative so quickly, so quickly. And my my first quote, the first thing that ever popped off on social media that like got me started was, what is being negative about the most negative team in North American sports going to do for anyone? What is sitting there week two going the Lions stink? How the fuck does that help the Detroit Lions at all? I get it. You're not a player. You're just a fan. Whatever you say probably doesn't matter. Fair enough. Well, you know what I do know is before the season even starts going, Dan Campbell's an idiot. This is going nowhere. They're still the Lions. That isn't helping shit. So if you want to be negative and you want to be the, it's only August, but I'm going to talk about how the Lions have stunk my whole life. So why are you wasting time being positive about them? If you want to be that guy, then fuck off. Don't call yourself a Lions fan. That's fine, dude. Be negative about the Lions. There is nothing productive coming from that. I'm so aware of the Lions history. Nobody on the planet Earth is more aware of the Lions history than Detroit Lions fans. So if you call yourself a Detroit Lions fan and you're going, it's August 12th, Hard Knocks episode one was pretty good. It's too bad we're the Lions, though. We'll probably only win two games because we stink because we're the Lions. dude. Go fucking sleep in a dumpster somewhere, please. And make sure you do it on trash night so they take your ass to the landfill. Like, I can't stand it. And that's what I love about Deuce Staley. Anybody with a brain, everybody working there knows who the Lions are, what the Lions have been. Deuce Staley is going, talking to DeAndre Swift, going, you are the best fucking player on the field anytime you step foot on it. And I don't care about anything else. I don't care if God. Is lined up across from you. You are going to break God's ankles, dude. It'll be another miracle for Jesus to fix, right? I love that attitude about Deuce Staley. I don't want some coach that's like, all right, hey, man, you know, get out of bounds. You know, it's we're the Lions. We don't usually do too well. So there's no sense in getting hurt. Just get out of bounds. I don't fuck that guy. I don't want that guy. I want the guy who's like, bro, we're the best. We're the best run game in the NFL. You're the best running back in the NFL. Nobody can tackle you one-on-one. Not a person alive can tackle you one-on-one. A fucking alligator couldn't tackle you in a pool one-on-one. I want that coach, and that's who Deuce Staley is. So I'm excited to see what he does. I'm excited to see more of him in the show. He feels like a guy that whether or not the NFL films people want on camera, like you're just not going to have a choice because he says too much good stuff. So I'm in on Deuce Staley. Like I said, feels like a dude who's going to coach an NFL team one day on his own. Just seems like that guy. The attitude, the way he thinks, like how badly he seems to want to win, how much work he seems to be willing to put in. Feels like a head coach type dude at some point. But right now, I'm sure it's all glad he's on the Lions. I love the idea, too, of like challenging your best players. A lot of times, especially at lower levels, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure most NFL backs, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, like I'm sure most of these dudes are getting challenged by their coaches still, right? Getting a little chewed out here and there. Hey, get better. Hey, you can be faster. I'm sure. You don't like high school guys get away with shit. College dudes get away with shit. Probably still happens in the NFL. Like, I don't know. Maybe Christian McCaffrey. I'm sure he gets challenged less than the backup, right? I'm sure Christian McCaffrey gets challenged less and whoever the fuck the New York Jets Jets running back is, I'm sure. So I love seeing Deuce Staley going. DeAndre Swift knows he's the starter. DeAndre Swift knows he's disgusting at football. I love Deuce Staley getting in his face, going, "Why are you going soft? You don't want to be great. Why are you just half assing it? Why do you not think you're the best? Why are you going out of bounds when he's giving you two more yards?" I love that out of Deuce Staley. I'm excited to see what he does more. I'm also a little interested to see if DeAndre Swift like changes how he runs. I'm interested to see if there are more moments where it's like is obvious Swift wants contact. It's obvious he's going to lean over and just get another yard. It's obvious he's going to put his shoulder into your fucking brain. I'm excited to see what that's all about. Malcolm Rodriguez, perhaps the star of the episode. Nobody can stop talking about him. Every coach loves him. Dan Campbell loves him. Calvin Shepard fucking loves him. Kelvin Shepard loves this sixth-round draft pick out of Oklahoma State so much. In the linebacker room with veterans, with guys like Jared Davis, who I'm sure that scene had to cut deep. He's going, why the fuck is a rookie doing this and none of you guys are? Jared Davis, bro. This is your second stint with the Lions. You still think you got like a cushy NFL career to rely on? Bro, if you don't do it this year, you're done. You're done. The Jets just let you go. They stink. And guess who picked you up? The fucking Lions. What does that tell you, Jared, after we let you go once already? What does that tell you? So why is a sixth-round rookie doing shit that you should be doing? I love that. Tough, tough pill to swallow, not only for Jared, but the other linebackers in that room. But, dude, this Malcolm Rodriguez, everybody fucking loves the guy. He's jacked beyond belief. I don't even know how you get that big without taking steroids. They test for steroids, don't they, in the NFL? Like deer antler spray, I don't even – is he eating human babies, like doing whatever Bezos is doing with the blood stuff? Like I don't know. But I don't know how anybody gets that jacked without steroids. He's talking about how I like training camp because it means you get to hit people. Like, dude, what? Are you fucking okay, bro? Okay. All right, Malcolm. Thanks for coming in. Okay, buddy. Yep, you too. No, the right's the other way. Yep, there you go, pal. Like, he seems like one of those guys. I love everything about him. That, sh- that play they showed on film where he's filling the hole, scraping across, making the tackle. Meanwhile, a frontside linebacker just runs right past the running back, inexplicably, runs right past the running back. That's fucking boss shit. That's boss shit. The other one, where he plugs the gap and then he sees the running back bounce and he just meets him in the hole. Bro, that's fucking, that's the guy you need. That's animal behavior. Those are the Darius Leonard's, the Roquans. Those are guys, much like an Aiden Hutchinson, that change defenses. You got a linebacker back there that can fill the hole and then trace the running back to the outside and still make the play? That guy fixes mistakes. That guy covers up for your other linebacker, Jared Davis, having rocks in his head. That guy covers up your corner not being able to shed a block. That guy covers up your nose tackle getting doubled and shoved five yards back. You know what I'm saying? Malcolm Rodriguez, if he can do that, when's the last time we had a linebacker? DeAndre Levy, Steven Tulloch. When's the last time we had a linebacker where it was like, oh, shit, there he is again. Oh, is that his 15th tackle? No, don't worry. Levy's back there. When's the last fucking time? And Malcolm Rodriguez, a guy in the sixth round, is shaping up to be that way. He's making plays on special teams. He's hitting dudes. He's sniffing out screens. He's plugging holes, shedding blockers, making tackles. Just likes hitting people. That's just his hobby. Like, hey, Malcolm, we're on vacation. What do you want to do today? I Saw a wall of granite a few, few uh, miles back that way. I think I'm going to go just run into it. Um, all right, we'll see you for dinner. I don't hate having that guy in the linebacking core. I don't at all. And then the linebacker coach is going to use him as an example of what all these veterans should look like. Yeah. Yeah, sir. Yeah, So I'm pumped to see Rodriguez. He was saying, I don't know what Kelvin Shepard's deal was. He was going, I'm doing everything in my power not to put the sixth-round rookie in the starting lineup. Uh, you guys, you're not giving me any choice. Fuck them, dude. Put him in the lineup. What do you mean? Who gives a shit? I don't care if he's sixth round undrafted. I don't care if he's 14 years old. If he's making plays that nobody else on the team makes, play him, bro. This isn't the daycare league. This isn't the, oh, your dad paid $60 so we could inflate the footballs so you'll play a few snaps league. This is the NFL. This is the best players play league. Don't get on some Tom Izzo stuff with me, Calvin Shepard. Some Tom Izzo, all right, we'll give him his seven minutes. Tom, no, he fucking stinks. Get him off the court. Calvin Shepard, Jared Davis, blows, bro, blows. Malcolm Rodriguez is doing stuff that you said a coach said, a coach who's been with the Lions for five years, said he's never seen a linebacker in that building do what Malcolm Rodriguez does. And you're still talking about, I'm trying not to play him. What the fuck? What do you mean you're trying not to play him? Are you trying to lose? Does Deuce Staley know you're doing that? Deuce Staley's not trying not to play his best players. Fuck no. You think Dan Campbell did 40 down-ups in the first episode for you to not play Malcolm Rodriguez because, oh, he's a sixth-round pick? I don't give a shit. Great. He's younger. He won't get injured. He makes less money. Fucking even better. Play him. He makes tackles. He hits people. He does things no other linebacker on the team does. Oh, I'm trying not to play him. Shut up. What do you mean? Malcolm excited, excited, didn't watch him. So he came in in like whatever, second, third, fourth quarter, didn't get to watch as much of him in the preseason game. As far as the preseason game goes, like I said, the offense was sick, easy drive defense getting scored on. Not ideal. Hutchinson was sweet. Not ideal though. Not ideal getting scored on. And then at the end, David Blow with the JJ McCarthy piece, just going, here you go, Atlanta. Not great. Chase Lucas, just dropping a pick not great. It is ironic. And I just went on a little rant about the negative Nancy Lions fans who are like they're the Lions they'll never change. I don't want to do that, but it is funny how the beginning of the episode Dan Campbell's in there. 4 minutes, man, 2 minutes. That's where you win these games. That's how this league works. You win and you lose in the last few. So you got to take it. You got to cement victory when you get a chance to. He gives that whole speech, right? We know the history of the Lions. We're different this year, man. We're going to close these games, man. We're going to win them. We know the history of the Lions. Outside of Matthew Stafford working late-game heroics, we're the ones who blow it in the fourth quarter, sec- or four-minute drill, two-minute drill. Oh, you're playing against the Lions late in the fourth, and you're down? You're in a great spot. That's what we do. And after the whole beginning of the episode, Dan Campbell's thing, finish, man. You know, protect, change the culture. It's different this year. We're going to go out and do it. And then David Blau just puts one on the ground and Chase Lucas lets an interception go through his arms. It's immediately, here you go, Atlanta. We don't want to win. We're the Detroit Lions and we're not interested in winning. So let me fumble one for you. Not even on a hit, just on a bad handoff. Let me fumble it, take it. And uh, I'm going to sit right on your route and you're going to throw the ball right to our defender, but he's going to drop it. So here you go, Atlanta. It's the preseason. We want you guys to start off feeling good. Thanks for doing business with the Detroit Lions. Tough way to start the preseason. And it is the preseason. Who gives a fuck? I'm not actually upset. It's just pretty ironic that the whole episode's theme is, it's different this year. Change the culture. We're going to finish these games. And then an interception through the hands, and our quarterback just drops the football, and we go, go Falcons. Thanks for coming to Ford Field. You guys get a victory. We almost had you there, but then we didn't because we stink. Not a great way to start the preseason, but it is what it is. All right, that's all I got today, folks. Appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week.